That's wonderful. Thank you, Pastor Dora. I've been really looking forward to coming. I love my time of visiting here. And um, also good morning to the people that are joining us online. Thank you, Lord. And uh, I feel like God has put a word on my heart today. And I want to pray for some people before I get into the word, but I also want to um, uh, also um, have time after sharing that the Lord may want to um, have you come up for prayer. So that's fine. And how many people have I never met before? Give me a wave. Praise God. Well, it's wonderful to meet you. And I believe this morning we were singing, weren't those songs amazing? Oh, my gosh. And I had never heard that last one. The King is in our midst. What a fabulous song. And I feel like this morning he's in our midst in a very special way. I love the vision and the ministry of Pastor Dora and how much she just loves Jesus and just keeps pursuing him as a God lover, as, as someone who's chasing after God. It's great to be around someone who's chasing after God. Amen. And so the vision of this house is, is, is fantastic. Um, and so I want to just uh, come down the um, back here and pray for a couple of people. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Um, lady that was here with the baby, where is she? Uh, could I could I pray for her if you could bring her out while you? I'll pray for you right now. Is this your um, son? I'll pray for you both actually. Oh, <laughs> oh, could I pray for you both? Yeah, just would you like to just stand? I'm going to get your husband to just pop around here, and this, if you could stand up. Oh, your daughter. Well, let's pray for the family. <laughs> wow, praise the Lord. Amen. What's your name, sir? Josh and. Chandra. Father, we thank you for Josh and Chandra. The Lord says, I am releasing you to a whole new level of vision, victory, and breakthrough. The Lord says, son, I've put anointing upon you to prosper. And everything you lay your hands to is going to prosper. And there's a whole new level of favor. For I bring the wealth of the wicked into the hands of the righteous. And the hand of the diligent does prosper. So the Lord says, even though the economy of the world is uncertain, the economy of heaven is going to take you higher. For the ways of the wise wind up, upward. I'm giving you wisdom beyond your peers. And God says there's a download of strategies for the logistics of this next season are coming out of heaven. So trust me, for I'm bringing you into your best years. And the next three years are going to make up for the past 12 years. So the Lord says get ready to reap in a new season and cast your net even in a fresh way, and believe to receive, for this is going to be a year of abundance. And the Lord says, daughter, I've seen the travail of your soul and the prayers you've prayed and the desire to honor me. Those who honor me, I will honor. And even that you loved the love that you've had, even that, um, even that gentleness that you've carried, um, even from a young age, and the Lord says, I love even most the tenderness of your heart towards me. And as you've humbled yourself again and again under the mighty hand of God, I'm exalting you in a new season, in a new season. And you're going to know that the plans I have for your good, and you're going to see that I'm releasing a new favor over your life. And you're going to dream the dream I've dreamed for you. For I've dreamed a dream that you would flourish even in a greater way. So the Lord says, get ready to rejoice in a new season of favor, goodness, and blessing. And God says, I've heard the prayers for your family. And the Lord says, this is going to be the year of the favor of the Lord. For like, like the prayers of um, uh, that one that uh, says, your prayers and your heart of generosity, Cornelius. 
have come up as a memorial and you and your household are coming into a new breakthrough, says the Lord. Amen. Amen. What's your name, young man? Isaiah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for Isaiah. The Lord says you are aptly named because you're going to see me high and lifted up. And you're going to know I'm the blesser, I'm the giver, I'm the lover, and I've gone ahead to make every crooked place straight. And I'm rolling out the red carpet for the path of the just. This is a shining light. So you don't need to uh, be concerned with the future, for I'm going to cause your future to come to you. And there will be days and years and months where you will know the hand of the Lord has brought me out into a large and prosperous place. So the hand of God is upon you and there's a spirit of excellence. Even as Daniel had an excellent spirit, that spirit of excellence is going to carry you into places that few would have opportunity to go into, but my word will take you there, says the Lord. Amen. 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 Do you think you could just pop up the front seat and grab my water bottle? Thank you. I want to pray for you, darling. You're the daughter. <laughs> Father, I thank you for this precious one. The Lord says, daughter, you're going to wear shoes. They're going to be new shoes for a new season. And you're going to step into golden shoes. And you've walked through many things, but you're going to find everything will be different. And the very things that have contended with you, you won't even be able to find them. For I'm making you a sharp new harvesting instrument. The Lord says, I have a great destiny upon your life and I have a great plan upon your life. Hallelujah. And the Lord says that these shoes are are shoes of favour. For everywhere the sole of your foot treads, I'm going to give it to you. And you're going to walk through things that you've walked through many times before, but everything will be different. And God says um, there's going to be a, a rearranging even of, of uh, friends around about your life and there's going to be new connections. But there's going to be some disconnections. So the Lord says don't be concerned even for uh, ones that don't think like you do because the Lord says I love the way that you think. And God says you're, you're, you please me. For many knew the acts of God but few knew the ways of God and you're going to walk in the ways of the kingdom, says the Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Could I pray for you guys? This is your wife. Amen. What was your name? Diana. Diana and Lepek. Father, we thank you for Diana and Lepek. God says I'm bringing you both into a fresh season. And these are times of refreshing that are coming from the Spirit of the Lord. And God says I'm affirming and reconfirming my covenant love and my faithfulness that reaches to the heavens. And the Lord says, daughter, you do have the ear of your God. And what you've paid for in secret, I'm going to bring into open reward. For this is a time of an open heaven. For you do have the ear of your God. And you're going to know that that still small voice is speaking behind you saying, this is the way walk you in it but there's an acceleration of circumstances around about your life and you're going to find a new freedom you're going to find a new uh, victory for the Lord says that which has tried to mock you and block you you will see no more for you will even look for those things that have contended with you you won't even be able to find them from making you a sharp new threshing harvesting instrument for its harvest time the double doors of harvest are opening up before you so get ready to um, see the favor of God the Lord says, son, know that this is a turnaround time for you and the mountains are moving and you're going to know I've put within you mountain moving faith and I'm opening up the gates 
to a new season. And the Lord says where there's been um, some situations where you felt, well, this, this feels like I can't go any further. This feels like the road is narrow. The road has even seemed blocked. But the Lord says, I'm moving the mountains. And God says, you're going to find as you look again that there's the path of the just, that is a shining light that's going to shine brighter and brighter. For the word of the Lord is coming to you in a new time, in a new way, says the Lord. So get ready to accelerate and go forward. This is going to be a new day. This is going to be a whole new season. So the Lord says, get ready to rejoice from a faithful God. My faithfulness reaches to the heavens. And there's a rainbow over your life, which symbolizes the faithfulness. As far as the heavens are above the earth, so great is my mercy. And the Lord says, I'm bringing a turnaround in your finances. And where there's been lean, mean years, God says, I'm bringing you with the years of plenty. And there's an upgrade of things. And um, I'm seeing for some reason God wants to upgrade and give you a new fridge. He wants to give you um, new furniture. He wants to add add to you for, did I say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. So God says, I'm about to add the blessing factor in a greater way. I'm about to add uh, the God factor in a great way. So you're going to see it's not by your might or power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Amen. 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 God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Could I pray for you guys, if I may? Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for this precious couple. God says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord your God. For there are circumstances around about you that you do not need to work at. But God says, as you stand still and see the salvation of the Lord and go forward giving thanks to the Lord. Thanksgiving will be a mighty key of victory in your life. And as you thank me for the breakthroughs, as you thank me for the answers, as you reimagine the things that are, are, are before you in the light of my promises that are yes and amen, I'm spreading a table before you, even in the presence of your enemies, and there's nothing that can stop this season in your life, says the Lord. So I'm rolling away the reproach, even of circumstances, and the, the, where the enemy said, well, where is your God? Where are the breakthroughs? So the Lord says, get ready to receive. There's an open heaven. There's a whole new level. God's saying, come up here. Come up here. There's a door standing open in heaven, a door into the favor of God, a door into the throne room of grace. So God says, you have a standing invitation. So come up, come up higher, for there's a new level of authority, a new level of promotion. Promotion comes not from the east to the west, promotion comes from the Lord. And God says, don't be concerned for your family, your loved ones, for God says, all your, all your children, all your loved ones will be taught of the Lord, will be gathered in under the umbrella of my favour and my blessing, even your extended family. God says, this is far-reaching. This new season is far-reaching, not only reaching into heaven, but this is a time of alignment with heaven, and it's going to be on earth as it is in heaven. And there's a sinking and an alignment that's coming in a greater way, and there's a download coming from the windows of heaven, says the Lord. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Um, I might just ask Pastor Dora if you could just give me a hand up, and because um, I've had a little bit of vertigo, just a bit of... Uh, just as I walk up there. Yeah, I've just had a bit. No, yeah, thank you. No, I just had a little bit of vertigo. So I'm fine. It's just uh, up and down and it's nearly cured. I actually, um, if you could pass me up my Bible and notes. Thank you. I actually um, got some new glasses and it's just triggered a bit of vertigo. 
So, uh, yeah, so I put my old glasses, thank you, back on. And I'd like you to open your Bibles this morning um, to uh, Psalm 139. Psalm 139. Praise God. Whoops. Psalm 139. Father, we thank you that the entrance of your word brings light and it brings life. Thank you, Lord, that nobody's here by accident, but by divine appointment. Thank you, God. Psalm 139. And we're going to read. Let's find it. Reading from verse 16. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were written. They were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more than in number than the sands of the seashore. When I awake, I'm still with you. You know, the Bible says that you have a book. You know, we see the book of Ruth, we see the book of Esther, the book of Job, the book of um, uh, many others. But the Bible speaks about your book that God has. And uh, I want to just highlight a couple of things because I believe God wants to bring a breakthrough. I believe this morning he does want to turn graves into gardens. I love that song. And so we're going to be reading in um, Romans, Romans 1. Romans 8, 26, 27, 28. It says there, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. I want us to have a look at a couple of um, scriptures here. And uh, I'm not going to take very long because I believe that God just wants to just touch people in a very powerful way today. And uh, if someone had a, a tissue, a tissue. For those who are called according to his purpose. The word purpose in the Greek is prothesis. And it means something ahead of time. And we get the English word thesis from this word. What is thesis? It is a dissertation or report. I'm sorry, Dora. I am... Can you stretch your hand and pray for her? We bind you, devil, Thank right you. now. Get out in the name of Jesus. You're not allowed to attack Faileen. Get out. We love her and we embrace her. 
Father, we praise you and thank you that she is more than a conqueror. Her body is powerful. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. And no sickness, no disease can prosper in the body. Father, we praise you and thank you. Can you wipe your... I'm so sorry. Um, I haven't had vertigo in a long time. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Can somebody give her warm water? A cup of warm water? Lord, I just ask you to sustain me this morning. This message is so important that you want to bring it forth. It's okay for your time. That's all right. It's okay. Thank you, Shirley. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Pastor Dora. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for coming all the way thank to you. minister to thank us. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'll just use that. Praise the Lord. Oh, thank you. A bit lower. I want to share this morning, and I'm not going to let the devil stop this message coming out. Thank you so much, because it's a message that set me free. And so, <clears throat> thank you so much, guys. That's incredibly gracious of you. And thank you for letting me continue. Uh, just a tiny bit lower. So the Bible says, perfect, that you and I are called to the to, to the purpose of God. And um, that word in the Greek is prothesis, but when we translate it, it's actually prethesis. Thesis is a story, account, or history of a subject or a person. And pre means before time. So we just read where God's already written a book and he has all our days numbered. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts and plans I have for you, plans for good, not for anything evil, to give you the future you hoped for. But the Bible says God's pre, uh, preordained. He said, I know the thoughts and plans I have for you, plans for good, not for anything evil, to give you the future you hope for. And I want to speak about that purpose because it also says in Ephesians chapter 10 that we are his workmanship. We are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus beforehand. So that word beforehand means to measure in advance. Where God's tailor-made, he's measured exactly the plans he has for you and for me. And so what happens, um, you know, the Bible says there that we are his um, masterpiece also means poem. He's written our, our story in a book and he's tailor-made it before time. But what happens, 
when, uh, even though God's already written it in a book, that something comes to cut off a chapter of that book. Something comes to cut off. Now, the word pre-thesis also has the word prosthetic involved in the translation, which is the ability to put an artificial limb or something there to cause the function of that to return where it's been cut off. And so it's a picture of this, that even though God's written a book containing, you know, the, the plan he has for us, the journey he has for us, that sometimes the enemy can come in and cut off, or can come, up, come in and, and try to cut off our destiny or cut out a piece of our life. Or maybe there's a time where you've taken the hand out of the author because the Bible says he's the author and the finisher of our faith. And we can actually, through our own self-will, and I'm just going to do that, I'm just going to move away, I'm going to change churches, I'm going to go to this city. And sometimes that wasn't part of God's plan, and we're taking the pen out of the hand of the author and beginning to write our own chapter. Now, there are some things that God has put in the Bible, and one of them is that he is Jehovah Gamola, and the scriptural reference of that is in Jeremiah 51, 56. So there's some, a number of things we're not going to go into. But it talks about the Lord, my recompense, that he is a God of restoration, that he will restore what the enemy's cut off. He will restore um, chapters in our life that have not been written in heaven. Who knows that the chapter called divorce is not written in heaven. But sometimes people find themselves in that chapter of their lives. Who knows cancer is not written in heaven, but some people face challenges and the, it seems like the enemy has, has, has tried to write a chapter. But the Bible says he's a God of restoration. And there are things that happen in our life that we find difficult to process. And so sometimes if we're not careful, we can go to heaven, enter heaven with chapters missing. So don't judge uh, a story by its chapter that you're in. Because a story can't change a story, but the author of the story, amen, can change the story. So I want to bring out a very, very um, simple uh, um, example here today that the, the, the book of your life, God wants to restore some chapters. And where you and I, have not only um, taken the pen out of the author's hands, but we have even been our own editors. And where, are, where there's things that we go through that we can't process, that we don't know what to do. Well, God spoke to me once, well, many times, but he spoke to me and he gave me this term, double indemnity. I'm bringing my people into double indemnity. And I thought, that's an insurance term. That's an insurance term. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, I've underwritten every season of your life. I've underwritten everything. And just like an insurance policy that covers fire, theft, injury, damage, loss, even death. God says, I've underwritten every chapter that you've walked through. And so what God is saying to us today, that he's not only the author, but he's the restorer. He turns graves into gardens. 
But what do you do when you find yourself in a chapter that you know very well wasn't written in heaven? And, and it, sometimes you go through the trauma of saying that was, that was never meant to happen. I know when my, um, and, and even as I walk through a chapter called divorce, where as a single mum, I came from a background of being in a very dysfunctional family, the five children, very, you know, um, very much struggling financially. My dad was a returned vet from war, and so we had a lot of war neuroses. My mother was a very broken woman. She'd come from a home of, of brokenness, sexual abuse, um, a lot of sickness. And when they got together, who knows that two, two whole eggs or two broken eggs don't make a whole egg. They make scrambled egg. And so they had five children in quick succession, three of them chronic asthmatics. And so in a household where there was a lot of fighting, where there was a lot of um, pain and uh, ambulances coming and going because of the extent of the sickness. And, uh, you know, I was about 12 when my mother had a breakdown and uh, we went into care. And I was a little bit older when my mum took an overdose. And so uh, something happens to a person when the primary caregivers of your life actually need your care. And so I grew up in a family where there was um, not just one, but we went into care while my mum went to hospital. So to cope, she would actually just take a lot of pills, not enough to kill herself because she she came out of hospital. But she just wanted to escape. You know, she just wanted to escape. So we'd sit by her bed and listen to her breathing because she actually um, uh, didn't really want to die, but she wanted to be just blotted out, just escape. And so by the time I was 16 and 17, I was taking drugs and riding a motorbike and uh, 17 and 18 riding a motorbike and then I become a pregnant teenager. So uh, I praised God that when I was, um, my little girl was three, that someone told me about Jesus. That is the greatest day of my life when someone told me that Jesus loved me and he had a plan for my life. And I thank God in a way that I'd had enough of the world, that I knew there was nothing there that I wanted, that that I didn't feel like anybody loved me. And as I I prayed the prayer and asked Jesus into my heart, and I knelt by my little girl's bed, and I said, "Lord, Lord, if you help me raise this child so she doesn't turn out like I did, I'll serve you all the days of my life. And God's been faithful. And that girl preaches the gospel. And I have grandchildren that are flourishing. But, but you know, um, who knows? You're instantly born again. But there's a process to go through. The, la- the lamp of the Lord is instantly lit. But the Bible says that the, that the maturity of God and the growth of God is a process. But sometimes we can actually go through things that were not actually written in heaven. And I know as a dysfunctional person... My, my, I was instantly born again, but my mind and emotions, the Bible says the word of God is perfect, converting or healing the soul. So I had a lot of unhealed areas, so I married the first person that was kind to me, and I married Dr. Jekyll and met Mr. Hyde a bit later. And, um, but many years later, with three children now, two more, and through pastoral counseling, I came out of a very abusive marriage. And I know that I could not, couldn't process that. How do, I, how do I serve God now? That was never meant to happen. That chapter was never meant to be in my book. But not only that, years later, and going through a situation with my eldest daughter who's 
just loves God, but she found herself in the situation of getting a divorce. And I do remember the incredible pain in my heart as I stood in Brisbane, went to court with both these precious ones. And you know, you can't put an old head on young shoulders, but for them it was insurmountable. And as they came out of the divorce court, I felt the most deep, deepest grief. And as I stood a ways off, as they stood on the corner of a street in Brisbane and wished each other well, as they parted company. That was the sad, sad, saddest day at that time in my life. How do I process this, God? This wasn't meant to happen. There are things that can happen where they weren't written in heaven and yet the enemy gets in and he he tries to write his plan in there. Or I take the pen from the author and I just start to do my own thing. But there is, a, there is a principle here I want to tell you about, that God is a restorer. And just as a prosthetic is nowhere as good as a real limb, but in God's um, word, he promises something far greater, that what the enemy meant for evil, I'm going to turn it a great, around for great good. And I'm going to give you back the years, the cankerworm, the locusts, the caterpillars eaten. He's going to turn graves into gardens. Amen. But there are things that we, if we don't know how to process it, we'll be stepping into heaven with some chapters missing. So I want to say to you today, he's here to turn graves into gardens. He's, he's a restorer. He's a restorer. And uh, I just wanted to share a couple of things that um, God wanted to highlight here today. And I want to say, say, for example, this is a book of your life. Um, I'm just going to pray for you because <laughs> the, I've never been in a church where the speaker's thrown up before they preach. So <laughs> that's a hard thing to get past. So, Father, I just pray that, Lord, I'm just a mouth. I'm just a talking head this morning to bring your, your word. And, Lord, I thank you that uh, Paul wrote letters from jail and... Uh, Different other things happen. So, Lord, let your word be the thing that goes forward today. And I take authority over every negative um, thought. And I thank you, Lord, that I've been prayed for and I feel your healing presence now round about my life. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm here today to say, say this was the, this is the book of your life. And you're looking, you know, at the chapters and, yeah, there's a chapter there on, on um, abundance. Great. There's a chapter there on on, um, favor, yes. There's a chapter there on a new job, yes. And there's a what? There's a chapter there called divorce. No, that that's that's not meant to be in my book. Yep, yep. um, uh, A new a new um, new friends. Um, Promotion, yeah. What's this betrayal? No, that's not meant to be in my book, no, no. Uh, travel, yes. Ministry, yes. What? What's this? Rejection, rejection. No, that's not meant to be in my book. No way. But what happens is we become editors because we don't know how to process it. We don't go past it. I was in Adelaide a few years ago. 
As I said, I came from a very dysfunctional family. And we struggled, my two brothers and two sisters. And one of them particularly struggled with depression, agoraphobia. And, you know, I always turn my phone off when I'm travelling because I want to try and get a good night's sleep. But for some reason, I'd forgotten to turn it off. And I got a phone call at midnight. And who knows a call at midnight's never going to be good. And I just said immediately, are the kids all right? Are the grandkids all right? Is this person all right? They said, yes, yes, mum, was my daughter. She said, yes. She said, it's, it's Uncle Robbie. It's Uncle Robbie. I said, oh, no. She said, yes. The police have come and he's, he's taken his own life. It's Uncle Robbie. And at midnight, I began to pack. I said, Maddie, see if you can change my ticket and fly me home tomorrow afternoon. Pastor and his wife picked me up and I didn't say anything. I said, Lord, help me get through this morning. And so I preached and prayed for people until the last person that wanted prayer. And I sat down and I called the pastor over. I said, I have to leave today. I've had to change my ticket because this is what's happening. But you see, that, that in my book, I, I, don't know, I don't know how to relate that to the goodness of God. I don't know how to relate that to the plan. I can't even process it. I can't even process it. So the next chapter is a broken heart. No, I don't want that in my, in my book. I don't want that. And I'm here from God to say, if you will put the chapter back in, because on the other side of cancer is healing. Let him finish the chapter. There's a healing ministry. On the other side of rejection is new friends. On the other side of bankruptcy, the rest of that chapter was going to be prosperity, a new job. On the other side of I lost my house was going to be a new season of favour. On the other side of divorce, he's going to finish that chapter with a new relationship, new, new friends. And I'm here to ask you to trust him with the rest of your story. And the things that you couldn't process, there's someone here and it's been a broken heart. And learning to ask the right question is a key. And instead of why me, why did you let that happen? You see, Jesus, we celebrate the fact that he was born and he died and he rose again. But he went to Gethsemane and he said, Father, if there's any other way, if there's, could you do something? And he, in Gethsemane, he wept. And in Gethsemane, I believe sometimes we go through those times and God says, leave the chapter in and I'll take you through to the other side. And as I, I was probably closest to my brother out of all my siblings and that grief was not instantly healed. But as time went on, a friend of mine had a vision and she said, I had a picture of Robbie. She said, because he really loved God. He really loved God. He was born again. Just struggled with depression, struggled with agoraphobia. And she said, I saw Robbie and he was in the library of heaven writing. And I said, wow, did you know that he was in the middle of writing a book? And they said, no. So he, he's continuing his life 
every now and then I say to Jesus, tell Robbie I love him. Tell Robbie I miss him. Because part of my heart's in heaven. Part of my heart's in heaven. Then another time, another person had a vision. And they said, I saw your brother Rob. And he was looking into a crystal clear lake. And he was saying these words, I'm beautiful. And I said to this person, well, you don't know this, but my brother Robbie struggled. He had no mirrors in his home. He hated looking at himself. He said, I'm just a funny little man. I'm just an ugly little... I said, no, Robbie, we love you. He said, no, I'm just an ugly little man. But in heaven, he's been healed. He's not in pain anymore. You see, the rest of that chapter is these names already written down in glory. And the Lord has gathered him in. And as we sang, there is no more pain. There is no more sorrow. But I want to say on the other side of that, of that chapter is my, my ability now to help many people who've walked through a loved one taking their own life. Uh, a friend of my daughter's um, went through a struggle. She was away from God, but she, she, and she came out of an abusive marriage and then the next man she married committed suicide. The next man she married committed suicide. That's a whole lot of healing God's going to bring that person through. But if you know God can heal a broken heart, amen? And I'm here to say, whatever chapter you haven't been able to process, because sometimes we just, I just want to put it out of my mind. But if we give God the ashes of that chapter, yes, and we put the pen back in the hand of the author to finish that chapter, that we're going to go forth with restored blessing. What the enemy meant for evil, God's going to turn it around into great good. Amen? And I saw my daughter go through a chapter of 10 years of waiting for children. But on the other side of that was the most beautiful adoption. Two beautiful little boys from Taiwan. Ijan and Shushuan, now called Jack and Max. Jack, they couldn't call him his... In, in his Taiwanese name second because his name was Ijan. So he would have been Jackie Jan. So um, <laughs> so he's Jack Kane Ijan Everingham. On the other side of the season, that chapter is a whole new blessing God wants to do. And you might think, well, I don't know how God, you can bring good out of that. I found that initially when I lost my brother. I said, I can't lift my hands and say all things work together for good because I have a broken heart, Lord, because that was not meant to happen. And as I finally, into your hands I commit, Robbie, into your hands I commit that chapter. Into your hands I commit that broken marriage. It's always sad to see a marriage end. Nobody's a winner. But into your hands I put that broken heart. And someone here, there's been a relationship where you've known rejection, but God's going to turn that all around. There's an anointing here to turn graves into gardens. There's a man, there was a, um, <coughs> a uh, true story guy in Tyran, Taiwan, Tyran. hang on, I'll just pronounce it properly. Tyran, Tyran, Tyran. Palace, royal palace, and the um, uh, owner was an architect, and he... Um, had ordered these big sheets of glass because he wanted glass walls to have such a beautiful effect in this, in this palace, really. But when the um, sheets of glass arrived, 
they had been broken. And the contractor had to get word back to the owner and contractor saying, I'm so sorry, but the sheets of glass were broken. And the um, architect said, no, um, bring all those sheets of glass out of the rubbish and start to hammer them into tiny, tiny pieces. And they became um, slithery, shimmering pieces of glass, light reflectors. And it's today one of the most beautiful mosaics in the whole world. God wants the broken to become beautiful. And he wants to take the mosaic of your life and make it a reflection of his glory. So he's saying, get those things out in the basket of I can't process it, in the too hard basket. I'm just going to pretend it never happened. I don't know how to process it. And, you know, sometimes we actually have to let go and let God I had a dream recently and in this dream I was travelling in a car up a road and um, in it, I didn't realise that it was a one-lane track and it came to a fence at dead end and, and it had a fence alongside of it. And in my dream I'm thinking, um, well, I'll just have to get out of the car and walk back and walk through the gate and walk home or something. And, and as I got out of the car, I began to climb over the fence and as I climbed over the fence... I stepped through a window, a room full of people that were all laughing. And the person up the front, it was like a service like this. and But everybody was laughing and I looked up the, the person that was there. They were laughing and I started laughing. And I woke up in the morning and I asked the Holy Spirit, what's the interpretation of that dream? Because Job 33 that says this, God speaks one way, then another in a vision, in a dream in the night. He's always looking for opportunity to communicate with us. So I said, Lord, what was that dream about? And he said this, if you will get over your offense with me, I'm going to bring you into such a season of joy and celebration. Because sometimes we can get offended with God. We can get offended with God. Why did you let that happen? We can get offended with God because why is it taking so long? I remember things when I was a young Faileen Lord and I had realized that I had started to get a little offended with God. And I said, Lord, I don't understand why it's taken this long and why I've had to walk through those things, but I lay it at the cross. And I feel there are people here that you have known the trial and the, and the um, chapter of delay, of waiting a long time. But God wants you to know that as you give that to him, he's going to change your chronos into a kairos and finish that chapter with a great wide open and effectual door of opportunity and joy. Amen. And so I'm here to say today he's going to turn graves into gardens. He's going to make your life not in spite of but with every chapter and everything you've walked through and turn it into a beautiful mosaic. One of the things that I'd gotten offended with God over was the, so long for my young son, or was, was young, to come to the Lord. Because he'd come to church when he was a little boy. He was raised in church. But when he was about 14, we went through a church split. And I want to say this. If you go through anything, just stay in church. Because you may leave and make it back, but you know who won't? 
or children because they don't have the stamina of years of following Jesus. You've been a follower of Jesus and you'll always walk with him. But maybe they won't make it back because I've met a lot of Christian uh, children of Christians that have said, oh, I know I'd never go to church. I'll tell you what, that happened to my parents. Don't complain. Walk through if you're going through a dry time. Walk through. And so what happened? We went through a church split. And uh, my son um, and his sister, and that they, they, um, they started to drop away from church and, and then they stopped going to church altogether. And my daughter came back fairly fairly soon but my son stayed away and he started to just hang out with his schoolmates and then eventually he um you know God wasn't part of his life at all and then he he got a bit older and and eventually met met a young woman and um who who um uh, he he lived with for a time and then they had um they had a a baby and and he rang up and he said mom he's crying he said you know Ruby's been diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. I said, okay, we're going to pray. He knew to, who to come to when there was a crisis. He knew to pray. But, but even when God healed Ruby of, of CF, and she's never, ever been in hospital. She's never had a symptom. But even as, uh, and at eight, month, eight weeks old, he had to give her physiotherapy because the doctor said, you've got to prepare her for long bouts in hospital and for the things that the prediction was. But God healed her. But no, he didn't come back to the Lord. So then the years passed. And now he's 41. And I remember I dumbed down my prayers in the chapter I was writing. was no longer I'm believing for these great promises. What was in my chapter was this. Just keep me alive, Lord, till I know all my children are walking with you. Just keep me alive till I know they're all walking with you. But the Lord challenged me about, about believing for the impossible. And I believe I'm sharing this testimony for people here because the power of a testimony, is it means do it again. There's an anointing to do it again. And so as I was, I got together with an intercessor, um, I used to pray with 30 years ago, and we ran into each other and say, let's pray again, let's pray every week. And we would pray earnestly. We'd be praying in tongues. We'd be praying loudly. I'd shut the windows and everything so the neighbors didn't think I was having a fight with someone. And so we'd be praying, and she had a tambourine, and uh, you know, lots of things were going on. But we were, I was earnest, going after this breakthrough. I'm not going to be passive about it. God, you said a lamb for a household. And as I was praying and praying, and over a couple of months, I just felt that, uh, that, that, that pressing in for, for him, although there was no change. And then all of a sudden, my son rang up. By this time, he and uh, his wife Kelly were married, and they have two girls, under 12 and 10. And he rings up, and he said, Mom, he's crying and he's sobbing. And I said, what's the matter, Lawrence? I thought he's either run over someone or one of the kids have had some hurt or something. What's the matter? Is everything all right? And he said, he said Mom, we've broken up. My marriage is finished. I've had to leave. All my stuff is in storage. Can I come home? And it was very serious. It got to the stage of solicitor and, and um, you know, she changed her status on Facebook already. She was separated and he was sobbing. He was crying. He was, he was distraught. He said, I can't live without my children and my wife. And things had happened, but I won't go into that 
It's a long story. But I said, come on, Lawrence, we're going to pray. We're going to really pray. And so um, we prayed and, and he just kept crying. And, and, uh, but a couple of weeks later, he came in and he said, Mom, I just sat out the front and I sat in my truck and I prayed and I gave my life back to Jesus Christ. I said, thank you. I said, well, we're going to believe God for a miracle. I believe God wants you together as a family. So come on, let's pray. He said, Mom, I just need a glimmer of hope. I just need a glimmer. Okay, we're going to pray for a glimmer of hope. It seemed hopeless. It was just absolutely brick walls and just, just really, he'd come back from visiting his daughters, just sobbing and crying. And I said, come on, we're going to pray. And, and then, but now he's, he's going to church. He's listening to podcasts. He's reading his Bible. You'd have told me back a year ago, your son would be sitting in your lounge, sitting there, uh, praying in tongues loudly. And, and I would have said, wow, wow, well, I've been waiting 25 years, really. But that's exactly what was happening. And he's saying, who should I listen to now, Mum? I'd say, well, T.D. Jakes, you know, um, uh, Steve Furtick, Craig Rochelle. Name these people that, that, that would be great. And, he, and he, so he's listening to podcasts. He's, he's drinking in the word of God. He's getting filled up. He's trusting Jesus. This wasn't just a fair weather. You know, sometimes God, people treat God like a spare tire. You know, something happens, open the boot, get God out. Okay, you fixed it. Don't interfere with my life. But he had prayed a full on, it's, it's all in your hands, God. Well, we, we actually... Um, we prayed together many times, but over the couple of months, God strengthened Lawrence and strengthened him. And uh, he started to get, it's, he'd hear from God and he'd say, Mom, do you think this is God? I said, Oh, definitely that's God. He's speaking to you. And so as, uh, as he, we prayed for that glimmer of hope, he texted to his wife and said, Thank you for letting me see the girls tonight. And she texted back and said, Well, they miss you. And so do I. And that was his glimmer. So they had some counselling and gradually they got to a point, Christian counsellor, that he said, I've done as much as I can with you apart. I suggest you move back together. And by Christmas time last year, they were like two newlyweds. They were just absolutely so much more in love. But Lawrence had said, I want the girls to go to a Christian school. So the girls, which isn't the be end all, but for him, he wanted them in a Christian school. And um, Kelly is still a pre-Christian, not there yet. The girls came home from school and they said, Mum, why don't you come and serve at Tuck Shop? We'd love to see you at Tuck Shop. And she said, well, girls, I think you have to be a Christian to serve at Tuck Shop, which I don't think is right. But I think you have to be a Christian. And they said, just become a Christian, Mum. Just become a Christian. <laughs> so she is so close. But I want to say that chapter, that was so much, I couldn't even look at his picture. I'd had to put his picture out of the lounge because of all the grief. And that wasn't meant to happen. Because he went to Sunday school. He loved Jesus. Yet 25 years later, he's not walking with God. God said, put the chapter back in and watch me. Well, I turn it all around. And I've shared that testimony to say this. Whatever the chapter is, will you put it back in the book? Because God wants to make a mosaic. Could I have the musicians come? And I'm feeling fabulous, by the way, so <laughs> thank you for all your prayers. I can't believe that happened. <laughs> but there, hey, I've got to leave that chapter in the book. <laughs> but I actually came to church and, 
and threw up in front of everybody. But praise God. Can we just stand right now? Hallelujah. Because the word recompense is in the Bible. Is God my recompense. And the Lord said to Ruth, a full recompense be given your daughter. I know that you've, you know, you've lost your husband. You've walked through barrenness. But if you trust me, a full recompense be given you. And as she trusted in the recompense of God, God married her to a man that was very wealthy. She became part of the lineage, the beginning of the lineage of Christ in the earth. And God will turn all things for good. Only he knows how to redeem tragedy. Only he knows how to take my brother Robbie's life and turn it into a, a wonderful, the, few, the 59 years we had him. There's a legacy to all of us of how to love because my brother loved his family so well. And I rejoice because he's already in heaven. And this morning, right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you've been uh, brought by a friend or maybe just visiting and you're very welcome and please stay for a cup of tea afterwards. But the greatest question that Jesus asked was to Peter. And he said, who do you say that I am? And he's asking people today, well, who do you say that I am? And the answer was, some say you are a prophet, you're a good man. Some say you're Elias. Come back to earth. Some say you're Jeremiah. But Jesus looked at Peter and said, who do you say that I am? And he said, you are the Christ. You're the Savior. You're the Son of the living God. And that unlocked destiny, it unlocked his future, it unlocked everything. But today, it unlocks salvation. So with no one looking around and every head bowed, if you would like to ask Jesus into your life today, the only thing I'm going to ask you to do is slip up your hand till I see it, then I'm going to get you to put it down, and that's all I'm going to ask you to do. If you were to die tonight and you're not sure where you would go, you can be. So today, if you want that opportunity, because it's a free gift, he will never twist your arm up your back and frog march you into heaven. He respects your free will. It says, let him who is holy be holy still. Let him who is filthy be filthy still. The Bible says that the, that the wrath of God, as many as received him, he gave the power to become the son of God. You see, he died in our place took every bit of punishment for sin but it's not automatic, it's received and today you can receive that by an act of faith so I'm just going to look across this nobody looking around, if that's you no one's just between you and God I want you just to slip up your hand till I see it then I'm going to get you to put it straight down if 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 anyone here today and you want to pray that prayer or you're online and today, maybe you've walked away from God, maybe you've um been at a distance and you want to come back. I see that hand that just got raised. That's awesome. And God sees it too. Anyone else here today? Anyone else here? I thank God that I prayed this prayer. I see your hand. You can put it down. That's wonderful. Jesus hung on a cross naked. And all he's asking you to do is receive him. 
and that's he's done everything he, he can do. It says all this was already done so you and I could come. So this morning, we're going to pray a prayer together out loud with that one that raised her hand and also with anyone that wants to re, um, recommit your life to Christ today. And uh, online or in the meeting, I want you just to open up your heart to Jesus and I want you to pray this prayer out loud together. Dear Lord Jesus, I open up the door of my life and I ask you to come in to be my Lord and to be my Saviour. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I receive you now. And thank you, Lord, that I am born again. I'm a new person. And thank you, Jesus, that you said... I will never, 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 never leave you. And I'll never forsake you. So thank you, Lord, that this is permanent. And thank you, Jesus, that I belong to you and you belong to me. Amen, 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 amen. I just pray, man, praise God for those ones that prayed that prayer. If I only came for that, then I'm so happy I came. And even if I was sick, I'd go through it all again for that prayer for you guys, okay? Um, Can we make sure this doesn't go online, though? (laughs) I mean, as in the first part of me throwing up. (laughs) I I do have a bit of pride left, sorry. (laughs) There it is right there. But I want to open up the altar this morning. You see, I had some chapters to put back in. I had to trust God with the ashes. I had to trust God with the graves of dead dreams. I had to trust God with the chapter of rejection. I had to trust God with the chapter of broken dreams. Whatever it is today, the Holy Spirit is prompting you. He wants to release and finish a chapter. Maybe you've had some struggles in a particular area. He wants you to know this. The pen stays in the hand of the author. And he's the author and the finisher of our faith. And he that has begun a good work will continue it and complete it. Amen. So he's the Alpha and the Omega. And his plan for your life is for a beautiful, well-watered garden. The Bible says your life will be like a well-watered garden. Jesus came to restore mankind back to that garden of intimacy, of, of having dominion, of flourishing and be blessed. And so today... If you've got a chapter, I'd love to pray for you and with you. So I'm going to hand back to Pastor Dora. um, And I'm just going to come down there. Or actually, I'll come down. If you could. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Great. Excellent. 